All right now, you're listening to the Real Texas Radio Podcast. I'm your host, Bronin, just a fed-up taxpayer, bringing you all of your Texas local and national news. Welcome to the Real Texas Radio Podcast. I am Bronin. Thank you for tuning in to another episode. And if you haven't already, please like, subscribe, follow. You can catch me on Real Texas Radio Podcast on Instagram or RTR underscore Bronin on Twitter. And I want to kick off the show today discussing homelessness, which I have noticed in the past few weeks since the fine weather has started to creep in, there's been quite an uptick in the neighborhood and in my neighborhood. I don't know if it's because the cops or whomever in the city of Dallas has gone into the parks or the areas where the homeless concentrate and and they've been instructed to clean out those areas. And then the asylum disperses into the various neighborhoods. Well, a couple of weeks ago in the morning, I heard police sirens and it sounded like eventually there were five cop cars that that ended up coming to the scene. And what had happened was a couple of days before that, somebody had erected a tent in between a commercial property on a main drag right near my house and some condos right near an alley and a dumpster. So right, so the alley that services the the condos that are right near my house. So it started with there was one tent set up, one homeless person. Well, what do you think happened rather quickly? Oh, the tent, it multiplied. Next thing, there are more homeless people and the possessions that were around the tent, the trash, that started to multiply. It started to exponentially multiply. So within 48 hours, the dumpster now had trash all around it, not inside the dumpster, but the homeless people had brought, I don't know if they had emptied the dumpster, if they brought their own trash in, and obviously they had shopping carts, which they steal from the grocery store. So that way, when you go to the grocery store, you, you can't have a shopping cart because the homeless people have taken them all. So the five police cars, uh, you're going to be shocked to learn, they were responding to a call that was started at this new homeless encampment. And I, I don't know what, what ended up happening. But my point is here, five police cars, presumably there were two cops in each car. So now we have 10 police responding. It didn't look like anything life-threatening. Who knows? It, w- it was probably a, a fight. It, w- it was two insane homeless people, or th- there could have been more. But 10 police officers had to be routed over to deal with what amounted to foolishness, nonsense, insanity that shouldn't be happening in this neighborhood. And I don't mean to sound elitist. That foolishness shouldn't be happening in any neighborhood anywhere in the United States. There should be nobody putting up tents 
on private property that they don't own anywhere in the United States, whether it's a lower income neighborhood, whether it is a middle class neighborhood, or whether it is an upper class neighborhood. And let's face it, the upper class neighborhoods, they don't have to deal with this. The homeless people, it's like, it's like there's an invisible electric fence around the upper class neighborhoods. And the homeless people, they, they know that they can't go there. They're not going to be able to panhandle there. They know that they're going to draw attention a lot more quickly. And they know that it's not tolerated in certain neighborhoods. But if you are in a, a lower class neighborhood, a working class neighborhood, or a, a just a middle class neighborhood, right? You are expected to express limitless empathy and you're supposed to tolerate this and if you complain about this behavior or or in any way you express less than empathy then you're demonized and pilloried so these homeless people who had set up camp essentially they were in somebody's driveway they were in the driveway of these condominiums and i'm i'm happy to report that these homeless people they they have been cleared out but how much police time and money did they waste? Now, the homeless people, I don't know where they went. Obviously, we can't put them in jail, right? I, I agree that is that is not the solution for this. I think we can all agree, no matter what side we're on, unless the homeless person is committing a heinous, violent felony, which, as we know, that occurs more regularly than some would like to admit. But ultimately, we can't put the homeless in jail. So why are we getting the police involved here? We can't put them in a state hospital or a mental hospital or anything like that because the left, they they don't like that solution either. Okay, so that's fine. We can't put them in the state hospital. We can't put them in jail. We can't put them in a job because they don't want to perform any work or they can't or whatever the case might be rehab for drug and alcohol addiction sounds nice but let's face it this crowd isn't exactly known for its uh, fortitude and tenacity and discipline so what about tiny homes there is some news in california governor newsom there with with his slicked back hair that just indicates to me that you're dealing with a with a total phony i hate when guys have that slick back hair and he's always got the suit on with the open collar no tie and, and his uh, flashy smile he, he just he looks like he's about to rob you he, he looks like he's about to commit some serious white collar crime whenever i see that man or hear his voice but i'm going to read to you from an article that appeared in the washington examiner Newsom announces $30 million plan to buy tiny homes to address homelessness. Now, $200 billion to Ukraine so far, $4 trillion for the COVID fraud hoax scam, complete abomination on society, but $30 million for homelessness in the state of California, which has the most homelessness of any state in the union. Governor Gavin Newsom 
plans to combat a recent spike in homelessness. A, a recent spike. I, I didn't know that it was a recent spike in homelessness. I thought that California has been inundated with homelessness for a long time. So he wants to buy swaths of tiny houses. On the first of a planned four-day state-of-the-state speaking tour, the governor announced on Thursday that California will buy 1,200 small homes in Sacramento, San Diego, San Jose, and Los Angeles to house the homeless. Okay, 1,200 tiny homes. There are over 170,000 homeless people in the state of California. So why would you buy just 1,200 tiny homes that presumably one or two people can live in depending on their size and how they're structured? So we're talking about 2,000 homeless people get a tiny home, maybe, but there are 170,000 homeless people in the state. So is anybody going to even notice a difference? The ambitious effort, ambitious, is aimed at alleviating a homelessness crisis that has worsened over the past few years with an estimated 10,000 more homeless people appearing in the state since 2020. Oh, wow. Are, are you trying to draw a connection here, Washington Examiner, between the COVID fraud hoax scamdemic and a rise in homelessness? You mean more bad news out of the pandemic that has absolutely nothing to do with the mild cold that COVID causes, even if you've been vaccinated five times from it and worn a mask? Back to the article. I'm deeply mindful of how angry we are as Californians about what's going on in the streets and sidewalks in our state, Newsom said Thursday in Sacramento. I get it. You want to see progress, and you want to see it now, he added. The project will cost $30 million in total. The homes are unique in their small size, with some as small as 120 square feet, and their ability to be constructed much more quickly than most homes. As fast as just 90 minutes, you can build one of these in 90 minutes, then why don't we do what needs to be done and build half a million of them or build three quarters of a million of them? Because you know that the homelessness problem, it, it's going in one direction, which is up, right? All of the bad stats, whether it is illiteracy among our children, inability to do math, pre-diabetes, diabetes, fentanyl overdoses, vehicular deaths on the highways, all of those numbers, just like homelessness, are increasing. State leaders weren't all thrilled with the plan. State Senate Minority Leader Brian Jones, a Republican, called the remedy a band-aid on a crisis that is out of control in California. We know that throwing money at this problem doesn't work, Jones said in a statement. Oh, it, but I mean, it, it works for Ukraine, right? It worked for COVID, just throwing trillions at it, right? California has already spent $20 billion over the last five years on homelessness, and the crisis has only gotten worse, with more than 172,000 people living on the streets in the state. So are you telling me that for $20 billion, you couldn't house 
170,000 people. Is that what you're telling me? $20 billion, and they haven't gotten every single homeless person a room. Look, I know that as taxpayers, we shouldn't have to pay for that. I understand that. But you have to just move past that sense of injustice. If there is to be a solution to homelessness, which there is, taxpayers are going to be on the hook for it. But wouldn't wouldn't it be a much more successful story if for $20 billion, the taxpayers of California could say, we've eliminated homelessness and instead of the foolishness that goes on in LA, the, the cesspool, the, I think there's 40,000 of them on the streets there. GOP Assemblyman Josh Hoover slammed the plan as a splashy announcement that I'm skeptical will get results. As for where exactly the homes will be located, now this is very interesting. Newsom suggested using surplus state land and escorting the homeless to them from city encampments. Each house will give a resident a room which can be locked with a bed and heater and some will contain bathrooms and a small kitchen. California has the largest homeless population in the United States, as we know. There was some video, some local news footage of the mayor of Sacramento who was suggesting that these tiny homes could be put on the state fairgrounds in Sacramento, which I'm not very familiar with, but apparently there is a state fair there each year, just as we have the Texas State Fair and, and many other states have their annual state fairs. So, see, this is where people start to go wrong. You cannot have the homeless housing right near where taxpayers and uh, people that aren't crippled with addiction are going to be congregating and using the space. Do you want to unleash 300 or 400 tiny homes? Apparently that's what the mayor of Sacramento thinks he's getting. Full of homeless people into your state fair that people are paying extortionate rates in order to enter and enjoy. Look, we have, I, I think, something like 80% of the land in the U.S. is unoccupied. I understand that much of that land should be preserved and protected, and we definitely don't want to unleash homelessness onto beautiful, pristine spaces. But there is surely land where all of the homeless could go. The The weather could be fairly decent for most of the year. And when it isn't, again, we can have tiny homes, they can be dorms, whatever you want, with heating and cooling and privacy, bathrooms, there can be cafeteria, there can be, there'll be clean water, there'll, there'll be everything. And there can be staff there, just like in assisted living, obviously, if there's going to be 500,000 homeless people, there's going to need to be thousands of staff, tens of thousands of staff, but there are so many empathetic do-gooder white liberals that I, I really think that so many of them will be signing up to volunteer that we'll probably have to turn them away. They'll, there's going to be so many of them interested to come and volunteer their time to help out their favorite group, the homeless. I've mentioned before how costly it can be when a homeless person shows up in an emergency room in a private hospital. A nurse who I know who works in the emergency department, she's a young woman, 
very good nurse. She's she's won all kinds of awards, actually. But she's burned out. She works the overnight shift in the emergency department in an, in an urban hospital. She's been doing that for about two years, and she's totally worn down. And much of that has to do with when homeless people come in. They're drug-seeking, or they're cold, and they just want a sandwich. But in order to get the sandwich, usually they have to make the homeless person go through the screening, and, and the homeless person has to usually invent a, a lot of different sicknesses in order to be taken seriously. And it's just really a, it's a gross misuse of the emergency room. It's a waste of everybody's time and resources. And the result of that can be the homeless person is taken seriously. For example, if there is a new doctor, a, a young resident, and they're afraid of going off script at all, they're still in need of their full licensure. And so the young doctor might do a full workup on the homeless person, even though they just got a full workup two weeks ago, and do all kinds of testing that you or I, with an HMO, the, you or I who have to pay out 20 or 30% before the insurance company would kick in, or automatically a couple of hundred bucks just to go near an ER, just to sit in the waiting room and put your name on the list. We wouldn't dream of having these tests done. But if you're a homeless person, you you don't have a concern or care about cost. So you're going to go and, and get those expensive tests that cost thousands of dollars. So why am I saying this? Because for the the financial damage that a homeless person can do one night in an ER could get them a couple of months or a few months stay in a tiny home far away from the ER. And they'd have access to three meals a day and clean water and, and warmth or cool, depending on the time of the year. This can all be done. This can all be done. This isn't rocket science here. We just told you that they can erect a tiny home in 90 minutes. I want a national candidate in 2024, and I realize that this is a pipe dream here. I realize this isn't going to happen. But what if we had a national candidate who had the stones? I don't care what party they represent. We know it's not going to be the Democrats. But you know what? We know it's not going to be the Republicans either. I don't know why there is a politician. There isn't a politician who can develop the stones to come out and, and say this. I, I want to improve the lives of all Americans. And I can do that. I can make a big dent on quality of life by getting rid of homelessness in your communities. But you know what? So many Democrats, they would go out and vote against that candidate because they would see that as a bigotry, racism, the, the candidate has a chip on his shoulder, he's a meanie, he doesn't have empathy, or him, her, whatever, I don't care who it is. But you know, you already know what we're going to be getting going into 2024. Witch hunt, hoax, Hunter Biden laptop, blaming each other about COVID, too old to be president. We're, 
trans. It's going to be all trans issues. It's going to be libraries and drag shows. It's going to be abortion. It's going to be all crap. It's going to be a bunch of crap. And the over a billion dollars that will go into the Republican campaign for president and the over a billion dollars that will go into the Biden reelection campaign. Imagine if we took those two and a half billion dollars or three billion dollars, whatever it is, I'm sure it's going to smash another record as it does every four years. If, if we took that money for complete nonsense and foolishness and eliminated homelessness, which we could quite easily do. How many homeless people do you think there are now as a result of the war in Ukraine? How many Ukrainians have been made homeless? I imagine that it has to be in the millions. Certainly you have seen the images or the video of school taking place in the subways. The children are have to go underground for fear of being bombed. The U.S., the Democrats, the Republicans too, they are so committed to this Ukraine war. They are protecting this war so much. They are inducting a new NATO member over the Ukrainian war. They, they are in love with this war. They are taking no heat for the 200 billion and growing. And that's just the U.S. contribution. The U.S. typically contributes much more to war efforts, even when we have European allies. But Europe is also contributing to the war. And, and I'm sure that probably most of the weaponry and aircraft that Europe is contributing was probably manufactured by the U.S. manufacturers the U.S. war complex industry. But let me ask you how quality of life has improved around the Ukrainian war. That's so important. That's so essential that we need to throw hundreds of billions of dollars into it. Has quality of life improved for anybody in Ukraine? Has quality of life improved for anybody in Russia? Has quality of life improved for anybody in Poland? Has quality of life improved for you, the U.S. taxpayers, as a result of this Ukrainian war, that's pretty much the most important thing going on for your current regime. All right, I'm going to leave you on this note. So last week, Lance Reddick, I believe that's how you pronounce his name, he stars in the John Wick film series, which I'll be honest, I have never seen, and I don't know that I ever will. But he also starred in The Wire, which The Wire kind of had an ensemble cast, but he was really great in The Wire, which was on HBO, started about 20 years ago. I actually only watched it recently, but truly excellent show. He was phenomenal in the program. And toward the end of the show, they actually, they showed him shirtless in an episode. And he, he looks very tall on TV. But when they showed him shirtless, he was jacked. Now, I know this is 15 years ago or maybe even a little bit more. But it looks like he has maintained his physique. It looks like he has maintained his shape. And uh, if you aren't aware, he passed away 
last week, and very quickly it was announced that it was natural causes. So he was 60 years old. Now, if we're being honest, that's not outrageous to pass away at that age. We don't know what the what the cause of death was, if, if it was something heart-related, if it was something in his genes, I don't really know. But you you may have seen also the speculation about his vaccination status and that this person was more evidence that possibly the vaccine could be related to these kind of unexplained deaths among younger people. So anyway, I brought up his physique because... It, it definitely seems like this was a guy who needed to stay in shape, especially if he was in that John Wick film series, which I understand that's action films. And we know the kind of actors who appear in, in those action films. They typically have to be, they, they have very intense workout schedules, you know, even if they're playing a minor role. But Apparently, it, this was completely unexpected. The movie, I don't think, has been released yet. But just just another example of the, the, the so-called party of science, which I think they've kind of dropped the party of science mentality or the, the mantra because they uh, obviously, in practice, that's completely fallen by the wayside as if they ever really were the party of science. But there's zero curiosity around if this could in any way be linked to the vaccine. Apparently, the actor did post some vaccine-related social media that appeared to be that he was in favor of the vaccine, so presumably he was vaccinated. But if you recall how comfortable so many millennials, so many on the left were with asking people, particularly in the workplace, even if they were in a managerial or supervisory role, asking people if they'd gotten the vaccine, encouraging them to get the vaccine, which in, it seems to me is in complete violation of HIPAA. For I, I guess maybe that really applies to medical staff sharing information about patients, but it's completely against the spirit of HIPAA to be asking people, especially that you have only a professional relationship with, about their vaccination status or anything else health-related. But that completely went away. That custom, that social more was completely dispensed with during the hoax nonsense. And so I bring that up because now that we have younger people who are, who have been dying seemingly unexplained to some people, young uh, children or teenagers or people in their 20s, they're, the question, nobody wants to seem to ask the question or possibly just raise the concern or just explore at all, whether there could be a link between that vaccine, which which was so popular, the vaccine, or better known as the crap scene, the miracle, the it was billed as a miracle. Anyway, I'll, I'll get off of the subject, but you see what I'm getting at here. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Real Texas Radio podcast. I am Bronin. Make sure that you like, follow, subscribe. I will catch you on the next episode.